0: Uh, welcome to the podcast. Uh, we are here today uh, speaking, um, talking, you know, it's a bittersweet, the last, uh, you know, goodbye to Better Call Saul, goodbye to the uh, Breaking Bad universe. And I brought Chris and, and Mark together for for this sort of, this, this goodbye to the series. Um, and we're recording this the day after um, the final episode. And, um, you know, I really don't know what to think. I am, I am conflicted. So let's just, let be just like... Chris, you you tell me what to think, and then Mark can tell me what to think, and then and then maybe I'll know.
1: Well, you might be able to guess that I'm pretty happy with the finale because, like, over the last few episodes, you've been asking me, and I've been telling you what I hoped to and wanted to see from it, and it ended up giving me like pretty much some version of everything that I hoped for. You know, to give you one example, I told you that I didn't just want to see character. Like solely character-focused flashback to the Breaking Bad era, I wanted there to be a plot payoff, and it did deliver us a plot payoff to the what it started with, uh, showing showing Walt and Jesse basically kidnapping Saul. That that was a pretty important plot point. It turned out in the end, Uh, but more important than that, what I've the kind of the drum that I've been beating throughout this, you know, it's bittersweet. That's the right word. It's bittersweet that this is the last time I'm going to be able to talk about the fatalism of the Breaking Bad, Better Call Saul universe. And I wanted to see the show kind of evolve and become more nuanced than than its kind of very pessimistic view of human nature. You know, in Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul, most of the time it seems to be telling us some people are just bad, bad to their core. And that's it. It's just life reveals the badness in them. It brings it out, and it's just a story of de- decline. Moral decline, and kind of from the beginning, that's been the question about about Jimmy: uh, is is he good? Is he bad? Is he some of each? Which will he choose? And it seemed to be telling us most of the time that the bad side was going to win, and that's what was most fundamental. Here, I think that it pulled a little reversal, uh, and there was the moment where Chuck, in the flashback, tells him, "It's never too late to change." Uh, and I see that the show is telling us that he took that message to heart, and he. he he did kind of try to step into the time machine and become Jimmy again in the courtroom. So I'm pretty satisfied with it, but that's because it fits better with my, my morality probably than it fits with yours. That's probably why you're less satisfied with it. Mm, well, I I
0: think I disagree with it's more than that. I disagree. I sort of disagree with your interpretation, but but Mark you're, you, you just, you just finished like right, right this minute, didn't you? So, yeah. you know, how are you feeling? Mm-hmm
2: couple things. So one is I know I'm not going to get it, but I am ready for a better call, Oakley. <laughs> you know, there was, skepti- there was skepticism at the beginning. If you remember, the, skept- there was skepticism after Breaking Bad that, that Saul could actually be a, a, a protagonist of his own show. And of course, it turned out he could be. And so I, I have faith that Bill Oakley also uh, has mm. hidden depths um, that, that, we, that we can surface. Um, I'm also very hungry for Cinnabon, mm. um, which I have not had for 33 years. And I think it might be time to uh, to uh, to, re- to re- reconnect with my roots um, in the mall. Um, well, look, I mean, I made the case last time we talked. I made the case that you know this is sort of the this is sort of the classic conflict between uh, between the um, you know between what say Jerusalem and Rome, um, or uh, you know Christianity and and uh, pre Christian ethics, or you know the Nietzschean Superman versus the Last Man versus Christian morality. Um, and I'll, I'll, I'll double down on that, which is, yeah, we, I mean, we saw basically the classic, we saw the classic kind of Christian morality play at the end, um, including the reach for redemption. Um, and you know, sure enough, he, he, he went for it and of course he did because he, he wants to be redeemed. Um, and, and by the end, you know, at least according to Christian ethics, he was, but, but once again, it, it, it ended kind of the only way that it could, and then it ended up, it ended up with the fall of the, of the, of the, of the degraded Superman, but nevertheless, the, the Superman.
0: I don't. I mean, both of you say that he was redeemed, and I don't like. What did he do? I mean, he 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 put himself in a supermax prison for life. Okay, um, he didn't help anybody. Um, oh, no, he he did. He helped Kim. No, after getting in her into trouble, he he he. Uh, was it the civil? Was it the civil suit thing? Did he did he get her off the hook? He, uh,
2: yeah, he got her. He got her permanently off the hook. That was the really thing. thing. Really? Oh, he I, said. I, that, I didn't see that. No, I, yeah, I, I, it was the aside in his. It was the aside in his in his speech,
0: where he's it, like, you know, "I manipulated her the whole the whole way." Yeah, yeah,
2: she was she was she was my victim. She was my puppet.
0: But she is okay. So they're going to have a hard time convicting her, I suppose.
1: Chris, you're and then they, and then they were Man. able to
2: hang him up for this like much better sentence with much better which much better PR. They, the, the feds came out much happier.
1: Uh, I don't think that anything Jimmy said is going to get Kim out of losing the civil suit. If, if
2: Howard's wife? Oh, the civil suit. The civil suit. You might be right, but certainly he put her in danger right? for
0: the criminal. It was him who put her in danger for the criminal suit, or supposedly. I mean, she wasn't. There was a, uh, but he, you know. So there was it a redemption. I, you know, well, it was I was
2: clearly wasn't that though. Clearly, his motive wasn't his motivation. Clearly, in the courtroom, it, it wasn't it, it, clearly to get her off the hook in some way.
0: I am I am struggling with what his motivate motivations were. So that one of them, I think, is. He wants to um, you know, I think he wants to redeem himself in Kim's eyes and somehow Kim, you know, he starts getting upset at the point when he hears Kim re- you know uh confess to everything. And so like he has to like, you know, show her he's good enough. So there's a thing in Jimmy's life where he goes from uh he goes from um uh he you know, he's always like obsessed with one person and their you know their approval. so it was Chuck, I think for most of his life, and now it seems like it's Kim. And I think the lesson is Kim just does something to him. Like, you know, he, he becomes Saul just because of Kim, you know, he puts himself in a supermax prison for life uh, for Kim. Part of it is, I think he, I don't know. I think it was sort of, I don't know if it was I think it was sort of a masochistic, uh, you know, mm-hmm. idea of, I, 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 you know, I think it was some kind of either some kind of penance or something, you know, you remember one of what the first season, you know, I think one of the early episodes where he like, not this probably wasn't the first season. It was maybe second season or something, where he gets the nice apartment and he's not uh, comfortable there. And then he goes back and sleeps in the, behind the nail salon. And then he like you know he's he finally gets a good night's rest. I think it's sort of like that. It's like the the mm-hmm. the uh, North Carolina prison is like too nice for him, and he's comfortable in this like impossible circumstance where they put him in jail for life. Now, all that being said, it's an extreme it's an extreme psychological compulsion here to, to, to do that. But I think the lesson of the show is Jimmy is an extreme guy who does extreme things for, you know, very, you know, idiosyncratic and sort of very personal uh, you know, based in his personal relationships with other people. Um, So I'm, yeah, it's, it's a simpler story, what you're saying, Mark, that he was uh, trying to get Kim off and that's what was happening. But you know, yeah, I, I, didn't see that and I don't think I don't think Chris saw maybe marginally but I you know I don't think it made a huge difference for her. Well, when it comes to Kim. Well, the other. Oh, well, let me give one more interpretation that I, I'm, still, I'm still struggling with. So there's like six interpretations. So maybe this is like really good. Another one is he just wants to hurt Kim as much as possible. He he he's gonna put himself in a supermax prison for life. Um, she visits him. Uh, Kim doesn't look happy at the end. Um, so he he got his revenge. I mean, I I, I sort of I think I if anything I, I sort of lean towards
1: that interpretation. So uh, what I want to ask you about that, Richard, is. Uh, Are you saying that you don't think that the show views it as redemption for him to any degree, or are you saying that you don't, you personally don't think that it counts as redemption?
0: Don't think the show. I mean, unless the show's view is like, you know, he should. He it's like a very like Christian and like a uh, you know like penance. It's like a very like you know it's a sense of justice that he should like suffer for a very long time for what he did. If you call that redemption, I I don't know I. I struggle the, 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 if you if it's really that I mean the transformation of uh, Saul Goodman is too extreme. It's too fast. It does. There's no build up to it. He just sort of hears that Kim is gonna, uh, you know, him hears that Kim came clean about everything, and then just transforms and does something contradictory to everything else he's ever done in his life. That's that's maybe uh, more optimistic as you would say, but it's uh, it's strange. <laughs> it's it's it's, it's hard, sort of not believable.
1: Well, you know, I was actually just thinking about the same kind of question. I was wondering if, if, if this is too quick, to uh, you know, un- un- unpreviewed. You know, he just suddenly breaks good all of a sudden in the courtroom. You know, like, I confess, oh, by the way, I also did a bad, th- bad thing that caused Chuck's suicide. And then Bill's like, that's not even a crime. And Jimmy says, yes, it was, right, <laughs> along with the lines of the penance argument. Uh, but, you know, I think that there was kind of a preview of this in the last episode at the end. We were talking about it, his undoing when when uh, he gives voluntarily, he gives the life alert device back to Marion, even when he doesn't have to. Uh, and he does that in kind of a moment of weakness and empathy when she appeals to the, the Jimmy side of him. And so, like, he didn't have to do it. It was just Jimmy breaking through for a moment and screwing over Sol and Jean, basically. I think that was our preview.
0: But that was that was him stepping from the brink of doing something very very bad. I don't think that's redemption. It's like he was going to do the worst thing. He was going to strangle Cam- Carol Barnett, and then he decided that, okay, great. I mean, it wasn't like he was becoming a a good guy in uh, that moment. But he did um, more
1: than he had to. He did not have to. Like he could have refrained from strangling her without giving he, her back the life alert he, device he, to call the cops.
0: He was self-destructive. He was just that was everything from the Jeff stuff to giving you know getting caught, getting Carol Burnett to catch it by talking stupidly talking about the differences in bail between Albuquerque and, and Omaha, um, and then giving her the thing back, and then you know getting caught, and then like putting himself like it just seems like there's just an unraveling here uh, that's a simpler story than a redemption story.
2: So, so my conclusion, Richard, is that you 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 hate the Christian redemption arc so much that you refuse to see it even when it's right in front of you, <laughs> meaning that therefore you must agree with me that fundamentally, at the end, this is the degradation of the Superman.
0: So, it's he was. I, it makes me. Is Jimmy the super? Jimmy is not. You know, Walter White is Walter White and Gus Fring. I think are more Superman characters. I think there is something in Jimmy which he likes to be at the bottom. He likes to spend eighty hours a week on scams that net him like a thousand dollars. I mean, it's really that he could be. He has it in him. He has a charisma and a drive and intelligence um, to be that Superman. But there was always a you know a self destructive um, you know, a uh, petty, maybe maybe insecure and sort of needy side um right. that stops it. So I I think it's just him being like yeah, so you know the 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 Walter White scene you could look at in two ways where he goes, yeah, I just I loved Walter. I didn't know what that was, by the way. Did you guys remember like what episode that was harkening back to where him and Walter oh, yeah. were that
1: that's when they were
2: that? in the, ba- the they were in the basement of the, the the Robert Forster character the um the vacuum cleaner guy. That's when they were they were waiting for their respective passages to their new lives. Man,
0: it's like I never watched Breaking Bad. My it's it's complete. I, I remember like four things. I like literally like five. They were five, jammed five,
2: in. They both they years. both panicked and hit the eject button at the same time, and so they both showed up at the vacuum cleaner guy's fa- vacuum cleaner guy's place at the same time, and he he's, 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 he 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 uh, he forced them to spend a few days together with quality time.
0: Ah, wow, that's uh. It's like hearing about a new show that I've never watched. Okay, that's that sounds great. I, I think I want to go back and see that show. Uh, yeah. So,
2: so here's okay. So here's a question for you then on the on the on the on the on, the, on the, Saul, the Jimmy personality. So, his life was defined by his junior relationship with his domineering older brother, and and of course, you know, the, the twist. I think all along with the older brother was right. The older brother was right about everything all along. Mm-hmm, yeah. I think if you if you trace back, I think every single thing the older brother said, I think turned out to be true. Yeah. I think
0: I've to, I think I've told Chris that. Yeah.
2: Okay. Yeah. So, um, so his life was kind of defined by being the beta to his older brother's alpha. Um, and so is it, is it that he fell into the same pattern with, uh, with Walter?
0: With Walter, you know. Mm.
2: Because Walter could push him around arbitrarily and he seemed, he seemed to go along with basically all of Walter's schemes. Is that right? To, to your point that he's not—he's not the Superman. He's like the Superman—Superman Superman sidekick.
0: Well, I think his one itis for Kim, I think, is a better indication of, of him being not the Superman. I honestly do not. I, I've got to go back and watch Breaking Bad because I honestly do not even remember enough about the relationship to, to analyze it in any any real depth. Like I don't even remember Walt and Jesse's character. Like when I saw Walt, I thought. Was he like, was he really like that? I mean, was he, I remember him being a little more reserved. I, I don't know. I, I, it just seems like I have to go back and watch
1: it. Like I, I don't remember him like being that talkative at that um, stage in his life. He was,
2: that was towards he
1: was. the end for Walt. Uh-huh. So the
2: goal all along was right. The goal all along was to I forget what the term was, but it was to turn the nerd basically into Scarface. Um, And then the, yeah. So by the final scene of breaking bad, he was full on Scarface.
0: Yeah, okay,
2: murdering murders and like doing all kinds of crazy,
0: yeah, yeah. And so, but so when they're in there, and then uh, Walter says, you know, so slipping, I love you know, I love the way he says it, you know, a slip and fall. So, you were always like this. And is that so? It depends on the interpretation of the show. Was that telling us that this is just like it? it so, it's a, it's a more I like my story because not just because it's it's non Christian, but because it's um it's it's complicated it's like there is like you have to sort of squint and sort of understand like you know what's happened in depth to i don't think walter white was ever he ever had an emotional attachment enough to walter White. he has an emotional thing with uh it's a different kind of thing maybe maybe walter pushes him around maybe the cartel guys push him around but they're you know they're fundamentally different from uh chuck and then and then kim i mean these are these are he like if Walter hated him, he would have. I don't think he would have been, you know, crushed or anything like that. Well, with Chuck and uh, and Kim, it was like. But it's also it's a love hate too. Like he he kills he gets his Chuck takes away Justice's license and and then drives him into suicide basically. Um, with Kim, if my theory is right, he he wants to punish her by putting himself in, like, I thought he was good. I, I, you know, uh, did you guys think it was going in the direction where like J- Jimmy was going to put Kim away? I thought that would have been, that would have been really dark and really funny. You like, were watching you know. an even
2: darker show than I think they intended. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, or maybe, Richard, or, 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 or maybe I'm just, maybe I just have a lighter side than I, than I thought I did.
0: No, I thought, I thought that was what everyone would have thought. Like near the end when, when he was like, you know, I have some thing they'd be very interested in. You guys did not You guys didn't think that.
1: No, no, no R- Richard. I-, I think Mark is right that y- you you are so resistant to the story the show is intending to tell in this finale that you have just rejected the idea that it's even trying to tell that story.
2: <laughs> no. by, by the way, by the way, I think I might like your show even better than the one that I saw.
0: <laughs> I think Vince Gill. I think they wrote my show. I think I, I think that is the show. uh The. Um, no, I I'm more confident about about that. No, it was it was clear. It was clear you were supposed to think that because they're like, um, you know, uh, I remember he's talking to Oakley on the plane and he's talking in front of that um uh Marshal. And then he's like, um, you know, that's uh uh like you know, something he says something like, Oh, it's it's you know, like oh, oh oh of course. He goes, you know, it's like it's like why do you want to talk to them about this? Why like Kim is probably not gonna be prosecuted? He goes, Oh, it's really good ice cream. Obviously, the the point was he was gonna put her in jail for ice cream, not really ice cream, but just because you know revenge. That's clearly what we were supposed to. Think. You guys are you guys are watching this with rose colored glasses. If you didn't, if you didn't think that that's where, I think that's what the show intended us to think would happen.
1: At well, that yes, that, at that moment, but that was a misdirect because he said in the courtroom. I agree. I agree. It was he said clearly in the courtroom a courtroom that he, he only said yeah. all of that just to to make sure that Kim actually came to the the court so that now he why could then
0: he, now, redeem himself in front of her. Uh huh now why does Kim why does that get Kim to the court exactly
1: oh because she thinks that he he might offer some kind of testimony implicating her in a crime that's what he said he would do and so
0: that would her being in the court be the best way to stop that
2: well at least know what's said well she I don't know it's the future of the rest of her life right (laughs) yeah I I don't know look he was I mean he was in love right
0: he was yeah he was of course he was he was in love um, like
2: deeply, like the one true love, like
0: yeah, it is a very, it is a very, um, yeah, it is, it, it yeah, I, I just, I don't, I don't buy it. He just breaks good. He just breaks want, good. It really? decides he'll make any sacrifice, and that's uh, that's it.
2: Less, less bad. Um, yeah, that's a good point. Well, this is this goes to my point of the the, the, the Christian arc, right? Which is yeah. So after what was it a total of what 11, 12, 11 seasons of Breaking Bad? The final twist had to be Breaking Good. Yeah. Yeah again yeah. i think i now now that now that you you i think that i think I would prefer the show that you're envisioning uh
0: uh-huh. but you don't you don't think you think that you you're like chris you think i'm you think I'm out to lunch here
2: we're gonna need we're gonna need, we're we're gonna need vince to arbitrate this one
0: <laughs> do you know vince we can we we I, should send him this i've always wanted I do, to
2: I, I do not know vince but yes when he discovers as, as when he discovers these videos we will uh we will uh, we'll have him on to to uh by the way you guys uh almost nailed the uh ending you almost nailed saul's ending in your uh, in your last episode yeah. Yeah. I, I
1: was going to point that. I'm, I'm glad you pointed it out instead because that's what I was thinking. I was like, we were pretty close, even with the, bit yeah. of the color coming back at the end. I would Wait, say 99% close. Wait, I was looking for the
0: color and I didn't see it. That the oh, color you didn't is see it. What?
1: Oh, th- this yeah. ties into the whole thing we were just talking about, about the relationship between him and Kim. Uh, go back and look at this at the very end in the final scene. It's very significant. significant. Uh-huh. When Kim comes in, she takes out the cigarette. When she lights her lighter, the flame is in color. And then when she lights the cigarette, the end of the cigarette is in color. And that's just kind of symbolize the, the relationship between them kind of coming back to life a little bit as they share the cigarette. Oh, that was good.
0: Huh. Did
1: you see no, that? I did not did you see the color mark? Nope, I did not notice. Oh, yeah. Okay. Guys, you got to go check out that yeah. scene again. It's yep. very okay. significant that, that that's the one tiny moment of color in that in that entire scene. Was it obvious? First,
0: you know, are we, are we idiots for for, have miss, uh, for having missed it, or, or was it like uh, was it supposed to be obvious or, or not? Do you have to sort of watch very closely?
1: I mean, I don't know. I mean, maybe you are just paying so much. It's pretty clear. I'm not making this up. Just go back and look no, at I it. Mean, it it's you. in color.
0: Incredible source. Hmm? Yeah. Okay. So the color. Uh, yeah, I said he would be in jail. Just because I did it. I just said because <laughs> everyone else is dead. Well, everyone also, is dead or but also
2: right. that he would. They didn't quite show him as the ultimate jailhouse lawyer, but they 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 clearly hinted in that direction, I think, on the bus.
0: Uh, well, why? Because they because they all, all the all the guys the inmates, were,
2: the inmates were freaking thrilled, man. They're like, I mean, this is like this is like this is like manna from heaven. You're going to <laughs> supermax prison, and you're 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 the guy down the the guy down the uh down the cell block is 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 uh, is the like the lawyer, like the yeah. one lawyer you've heard of, like this is like the best thing ever. Yeah, so, Maybe, so yeah. he's like the he's like the best lawyer slash you know, pastry chef that a super American supermax prison has ever seen.
0: You guys know ADX is a real, is a real prison. I've read articles about this thing.
2: Yeah. It's yeah got apparently it, it's a, it's a real
1: tough one. And like most of the guys there are put in solitary 23 hours. Here's, a day. here's here are
0: the, here are the, here are the, here's the guest list. Uh, Zacharias Musawi, the 20th hijacker from nine 11, uh, Ramzi Youssef, Youssef, um, that was the World Trade Center bombing in '94. Richard Reid, the shoe bomber, the guy who we take off our shoes for uh, for the rest of our lives. These, these are these are souls. Uh, you know, these are your cellmates now. Uh, but like it's a very long list of Arabic. Oh, Zarnayev, the uh, the Boston b- bomber.
2: Um, is is Kaczynski in there? Uh,
0: I don't know. Let me see. Eric Rudolph. You remember him? He was a pro life, uh, like terrorist, one around our abort- bombing abortion clinics. Um, Robert Hansen who spied for Russia I think or the Soviet Union uh over a 20 year period um El, El Chapo oh,
1: okay. really? I was just watching him in Narcos Mexico hey,
0: Yeah I wonder what's his relationship with the Salamanca's I wonder if they're uh I wonder if they're rivals or allies or or what they were
2: too So this small suggests time. this suggests a new character arc this this suggests this is precisely the person Saul wanted to end up in cuz these are by far the most interesting inmates hey, This is this, is this
0: is this is the spinoff. This is the this is the basis for the spinoff. I would watch this.
1: know, <laughs> like, he, he's going like, to be a top dog at that prison, or at least one of the top yeah. dogs. Nobody's yeah. going to mess
2: with like, him. Everybody's going to like him. With all the supervillains,
0: wasn't uh? Let's see, Harold Harold Nicholson. Uh, see so yeah, another SB, espionage guy. No, uh, no relation. It, yeah so yeah very very cool but are they all in solitary confinement or just uh, just uh, the really bad ones that sucks
1: man it's not complete solitary uh from what i've read most or at least a lot of the guys there they're kept solitary for 23 hours a day that's what i read about it
0: yeah and he knows all this is the north carolina facility with the golf course (laughs) real?
2: i mean there's always there's a ton of places like that i'm sure I think it is, right? Because that's what they always get criti- criticized with white collar criminals. They end up in a place yeah. like that.
0: Yeah. So, so, oh, why? Why did he? Why did? She, so, I liked seeing. Um, I liked seeing Hank's wife. I, I remember her. She was a fu- she was a fun and interesting character. I liked her. She was a kleptomaniac, right? She was. Yep. She was. A, she was a crazy woman, and I, I, you know, we saw her. You know, she always had a flair for the dramatic, and I think she. I, I, why did, why did Jimmy want her in, in, in the room then? It's a good question.
1: I was wondering. Oh, Tim-
2: oh I know, I know, I know. I, I got this one. Um, he wanted to demonstrate to the government lawyers that he was going to be able to sway the jury.
1: Uh, uh there was uh, one theory that I, I thought of too. Like he, he was like thinking, let me take the most hostile witness possible and, and show you that I can move
2: her emotionally, at least a little bit with the story I'm going to try on the jury. Yeah. Cause it was, they were watching her reaction and they were like, Oh shit.
0: Yeah but she but she still she you're right she she still wanted them to throw the book at him, oh, I, she, know, still I ha- him
2: she still ha- she still hated him but she she just was just like it she was so like flat she was so flabbergasted she was yeah. just in shock like she was just like ah fuck i mean she, you could see it on her face that she knew that he was going he was going to get either you know get off or get something super light
0: but was this was this was this believable that he would like he you can i mean the way he was taunting sort of the federal the federal government has a lot of leverage over him they have like you know they have all this evidence and you know it's like he ha- and he's like, oh, you don't want to lose your like he's humiliating this guy for everyone. You you know that's a great record. You, you know, and he's just like you know stringing them along, saying I want ice cream, blah blah blah, and it's it just unbelievable. They would just they would just fold. I would have thought that that he that would have pissed them off, and they would have just you know kept going at him. I I think he, I don't think you could string them along and try to embarrass them like that.
2: Well, you're the but you're the incentives guy. Like, what's yeah. the best incentive, right?
0: He has, the, yeah, he's got it. They've got an incentive to settle, right?
2: Isn't the, the prosecutor's incentive, I mean, I try this on for size. The prosecutor's incentive is to have a 100% win rate so that when he can go into private practice, right, as a defense attorney with maximum leverage, negotiate his comp deal with.
0: Is it that easy, though? Can the federal government, if, you, if you're just a little bit charismatic and you just need one juror, if you, you run into a guy with 100% conviction rate, the federal government has all this stuff on you. You can basically get them to do whatever, whatever you want. Because if they get a mistrial, if one juror, I mean, they can try him again. I mean, the, it's the government. I mean, they, they, they do do that.
1: Wait, how would they try them again? How would, how would well, that miss, not be double jeopardy? i going to get a, a mistrial. If got, you get a, a
0: mistrial, oh, he says, I again. only need one. Yeah, he says, I only need one. Well, that doesn't get you out.
2: Yeah, a guy I know actually went through that. He had a full federal criminal trial, he had a mistrial, and then they had a full second trial.
1: I, I guess I'm, you know, I, I'm a little confused about how the criminal law works here. So I mean, you can have mistrials for different reasons, right? So is it automatically a mistrial if one one juror votes to acquit him, and and then double jeopardy doesn't apply, and they can just go after him again? That doesn't seem right. One juror finds him innocent; he's innocent.
0: No, no, that that's that's uh that's a hung that's a matter to hung jury. You get a okay. you went to get yeah, That is a yell really basic school.
1: thing. I, I did not learn that much about criminal law.
0: Yeah, no, you will. Uh, yeah, you 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 uh, don't you don't get off. Uh you don't, you don't get off you can, um, you can you can they can try you as many times as they want i mean if you're found innocent if you're acquitted um, yeah but no otherwise you, you know they, they get another they get another bite at the apple and this guy you know to death of two federal agents i mean embarrassed you know all uh you know the embarrassed the government was on the run for a while was like is known as this like scumbag lawyer they just i think they wanted they would have wanted to get him I, I don't think that you know i don't like Especially that he was trying to like personally humiliate the guy. And um, one thing I, you know, I was hoping for. I, I was hoping they'd give us some sense of like how famous like Saul was at this point. I think he must have the arrest must have brought him back into the news, and it must have been. And the story is now much more interesting with because when he first goes on the lamb, he's not. Um, uh, you know, they, they, we don't we don't have Kim's confession. So now, like, a journalist can find the entire story of Kim's confession, and they, ha- they have uh, Jimmy. And, you know, I was wondering if there was any, you know, there was any sort of hint of, like, he was going to get fame now and he sort of liked that idea or he didn't like it or whatever. Or, like, if this could have factored into his motivations for wanting to claim, like, you know, he was helping uh, Walter White, you know, run the drug empire, like, Was that his motivation? Like we don't know. I don't think we had enough like of a sense of like how big of a news story this because they all recognize like everyone. They're not all from Albuquerque. All those ADX guys, right? They're all they all on the bus. They all seem to know Saul. Um, So at this point, he must be so famous. He must be a household name. And I don't think that was true when he was in Omaha. I think that he became a household name between Omaha and the time he's being transferred to the Colorado
2: prison. So the production team, uh our friend Vince who we don't know yet, um the teaser for season 6 had a reward poster with a with a 5 million dollar uh, bounty.
1: Yeah, that that oh. actually confused a bunch of fans, I think. Uh they they clarified it later because a, a bunch of fans thought that that in the universe of the show there really was a 5 million bounty on him, but then uh somebody from the production team commented and was like, "Nope, that's that's just a, an advertisement thing for the show. No 5 Gosh. million bounty in the universe oh. of the show."
2: Very disappointing.
0: Ah, five, mil, yeah, that, five that million. Doesn't million have that some, kind of money. That'd be, $1 $1. Of, I
2: mean,
1: that, that'd be a lot of money. I mean, that,
2: that'd be a lot of money. I mean, that amount of money, that's implying that they want to pin everything on him, right? Like, he's the survivor they, of the Fring white drug empire, and they're going to just like- well, well, they, they,
0: they, well, you would think but, they would. I mean, you would think but, they, they would, right? That's all they- I mean, they have the Fring and Walter White, and these are huge, you know, larger than life figures, and- You know, they're going to give him seven years in the most minimal security. And they have all the evidence, you know, all the evidence. Oh, just because he can get on the stand. And, you know, like federal courts like have ways to get around this. They could tell them like you can only testify to things that are, you know, relevant. They can they can say this or or that. I, I, you
1: know, I I thought it was pretty weak.
0: Yeah. I thought
1: it was weak in many ways. I mean, like if I were the lawyer, I, I would have been like, okay, prove it. How are you going to prove it to the jury? Uh, Is is there evidence? Uh, Can you find the grave that they dug for you? Is there any video of them kidnapping you? Uh, Is your only evidence your word? You're going to give your word to everybody that this all all happened? And not only that, there's many other things. I mean, so you were afraid of Walt killing you, but Walt's dead now. And you want to use the duress defense, but the guy you're afraid of is dead. (laughs) And, you know, when you use the duress defense legally, I did read up on this part of the criminal law. Uh, you've got to argue that at the at the moment the the danger to your life was past. You took the first opportunity to go to the, the law enforcement, and Saul doesn't have that argument.
0: Uh, so there's, there's a doc there's a doctrine here. There's the duress defense, and they could instruct the jury and say Walter was de- Walter was dead. And does that go back and that change the? Does that change the state? If they can convict him on one thing, you know, that's the way federal sort of sentencing works. Like it's like everything is like you know maximum of fifty years in prison. So like if they can get if they can get the jury to convict him on one thing of like all this crime, yeah, they they basically got him. They get you know they got him for 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 life or decades. And it's uh, yeah, I I think this was weak. I don't think there's a way to make this make sense. I think it was just sort of necessary hey, for the twist
2: let me defend it let me defend it he he didn't say this i don't think but he would have said presumably in court after walter died i was then afraid of the cartel and of course the the mexican drug cartels are a permanent (laughs) bogeyman in the american imagination yeah we didn't get any we didn't get any we didn't i don't believe we got any insight into what happened to the cartel after lalo and after everybody died us
0: us uh you know uh Spoiler word for Breaking Bad for those who have watched, but mm-hmm. Gus, Gus Gus slaughtered them all, didn't he? Didn't he give yeah, he them, killed, all he killed them all poison?
2: But yeah, yeah, I don't think we yeah, ever. Yeah. Found, and then and then Gus died, and we don't. I don't think we ever. I don't think we ever because then Walter basically took over in in uh, in the U.S. for the, for that area, but for that region. But we never found out what happened if anything else happened in Mexico.
0: Well, there would have been some cartel, but he would have had to prove. Like he can't just say cartels. He would have had to prove that. There was somebody or, or something that he could, you know, point to this individual that did this, and you know he's 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 got he's got nothing. I think I think they I think they had him. I really they think know they
1: that had Lalo's dead. Him. They know Hector's dead. I think they know basically all the Salamancas are dead.
0: Well, they yeah. might mu- they must I think they must have figured that <laughs> they must
1: have
2: figured that yeah. out. And audio. <laughs> uh, so, are you guys—you guys are—you guys, are, guys are basically uh, uh, mounting an indictment here against the um, against Vince Gilligan's view of the professionalism and competence of federal prosecutors. Is that?
1: Well, I think this was just a moment of one of those moments of uh, a lack of realism that the show allows itself just for dramatic effect, because it excuses itself because they're like, "Look, the seven years thing—that doesn't matter because he ends up in for eighty-six anyway." So, so yeah. it's just doing this to do a little exaggeration and it's dramatically excused because he doesn't in fact end up serving only what
0: if idea. this is you know going back to our conversation last week? What if this lesson here is just more contempt for the normies? He's like you know he's like oh juries right? You think they'll <laughs> believe that? I only need one. Like they're so stupid. Like no matter how much evidence they have, like this guy could just give them a little bit of a sob story and he can get you know one of them can get him off. Maybe it's maybe it's just that and the and the federal prosecutors understand. Well oh, juries, anyone has the least bit of charisma who doesn't look like a you know complete uh, ogre, um, you know he he can could sweet talk them and and, and basically. To get off
2: so have either of you guys watched the shield all the way to the end yet
0: no don't don't spoil okay. mark i'm only so no uh,
2: spo- no spoilers let's do a follow-up to this when you guys both get to the end okay. and I, this is started? not a spoiler no spoilers in any way that I, i'll just say that show had probably the best ending of any show of the last 20 years
0: people, people say that people mm. a lot of it people is say that.
2: it is it is i, I think it, that may be one of the challenges that shows like this have now Mm. is they they may they may literally not know how to top that one.
1: Oh wow anyway Chris, so we'll, we'll
2: come we'll come we'll come back to that down the road Chris, have
1: you even started the shield no no i you know i barely oh. even heard that much about it
2: okay oh, it is it is i i would nominate it it's quite possibly the best of them all
1: huh.
2: and i and i say uh, yeah it is really extraordinary and i think it's i think I, it's bearing I like up you. i think it's bearing yeah, right. up really well over time precisely because you could never make it today like it's it, it it was it was at that point where they could actually go for like the full story that they wanted to tell in a serialized TV format, kind of for the first time, and they didn't have any of the you know they didn't have any of the last twenty years of PC. So it's like a that shows a laser beam. So uh, anyway. yeah. do, do you do you like it because
1: there's a successful Uber mention? It
2: <laughs> he's he is again. I won't spoil. He, he it is probably the most pure Nietzschean <laughs> show that has yet been made. It, it and Deadwood, I would say, are neck and neck on that.
0: We should start. We should, yeah, we should do. We should do Deadwood too. You've recommended. You've recommended Deadwood. I, yeah, I think Deadwood should, is <laughs>
2: tremendous. Deadwood. The only problem with Deadwood is it got it got prematurely uh, canceled. Although they finally did a, a, a follow up movie to close it Deadwood out. Deadwood is um, the thing
0: is it, it's in the West, right? There's some Western. It's extraordinary. Town. I think it,
2: yeah, yeah, it's the best. It's the best story of the American frontier that's ever been. Like it's like the Shakespeare of the American frontier. It's just extraordinary. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. you will love it.
0: Yeah. And, and, yep. uh, okay. So, Kim, you have uh, the, uh, okay. So, yeah, I'll, I'll watch Deadwood. I, I like The Shield. I think it's, it's almost too intense. I mean, there's some of the, I'm, I'm, I think I'm three seasons in. It's, it's almost, keep, um,
2: keep, keep going.
0: <laughs> it's, it's, it's like, it's like a thing where it's like, it's like the, the ride is like, I don't oh. know. I never have this reaction to a show, actually. And it's, uh, yeah. Part of it is, you know, what it it sort of numbs you because it's like, oh, they're in this impossible situation, and like you, you see they're screwed, and then they get out of it, and like you see they have this other villain who they're, but you know what's going to happen, you know they're going to beat this villain, and they're going to move on to the next. So it's sort of like that. It becomes it you know it's very fast and very cool, but like you're sort of like it becomes a little bit repetitive. But I I take your point. I will, I I will, I will, I will keep going, Um, and I'll yeah I'll I'll get I'll get to the end. Um, But uh, yeah, back to uh, Saul. The, uh, uh, Kim, um, Kim's, uh, also was, I mean, I thought it was, I thought it was interesting that she was like trying to, do you think she's trying to be like Jimmy's, is she going to be Jimmy's lawyer? Is she going to like try to help him get out? I don't think you, I don't think she, see, this is the problem I think with your guys' theory is that like, is Kim happy? Oh, he redeemed himself. Oh, he got up, he gave a nice speech in court. Now he's going to be in solitary confinement next to the 9/11 hijackers like for 80 years. Like is that a good outcome for Kim? I I don't think so. I think she would have rather she defended him. Remember, she she protected him with um Howard's widow, right? She wasn't she didn't want Jimmy to uh, you know, she told him to turn yourself in, but you know, she didn't want him I don't think she wants him to suffer. Um, so isn't this isn't this a problem with with the theory that it's it's redemption I mean it, it, it's, it seems like it seems no I I do like the angle that it is for it is so Kim can suffer I, I just I think that has to be true
1: I I'm gonna appeal once again to the colored flame and the, the colored end of the cigarette which only I saw but it's, okay. it's relevant evidence to the point of what the relationship is between Jimmy and Kim here right like the, the color has been brought back in a small Maybe way, the color is... Lives together.
0: Yeah. Maybe the color is, you know, maybe the color is she is... Maybe it's that they're themselves. Maybe it's just like they're themselves. Like he's not Jean anymore. He gets to be Saul, I guess, in, in prison. I, I don't know. I have to... The,
2: I, the color is the light streaming through the uh, stained glass window in the cathedral. Wait, What? <laughs> <laughs> it's the light coming through. It's coming down in the center. Who's kneeling at the at the front of the church? Who's got? Who's uh-huh. who's, who's redeeming himself?
0: uh okay. Uh, it's
2: a little bit of a stretch, but
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, okay. it's, life com-
2: it's life coming. It's light coming. It's it's coming back, right?
1: Uh, it, it, I think in the universe of the show, it's showing us that Kim has forgiven him to a degree, and they've they've reclaimed some some version of their old relationship.
2: Mm-hmm. If you if you guys may or may not remember, it, it, it mirrored the very first shot of the two of them together in the very beginning of the show. Um in the first oh, the cigarette. Yeah.
0: Oh, I think we I think we got
1: that. Right?
2: The cigarette in the in the parking garage. Mm-hmm. You know, these were always
1: the, the romantic moments for the most part throughout most of the show. This was how the show demonstrated that Jim and Jimmy and Kim were in love. You know, it's funny. In, in most shows, it would have been, you know, holding yeah. hands or kissing or having sex or something. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. You know, the, the version of that in their relationship was sharing a cigarette together.
0: Yeah, there is not a lot of physical contact it's, it's like sort of striking when like jimmy is hurt after he's in the desert with mike and like she you know she passed. it's striking because there's so little of that sort of tender and they they have sex we see them once like they're they're getting off on uh the the base of what was it the um the sandpiper thing and like screwing over howard like they they have sex because you know they're uh, only out of like joy of their schemes like succeeding uh you're right that is it is a sort of uh you're right. There's no there's no lovey doveyness. There's no there's no tenderness there. I can't imagine Kim Wexler being, yeah, being into that either. Like there's something very. Um, what am I looking for? She's like, she she's like her. I don't know her method of showing affection. I don't know some women are like this. I yeah. I, I don't know what exactly it comes from. But you're right. That that is like appropriate for her character, for the character she is, of like every other uh, every other context. How about um how about that flashback to to Mike? Um, where uh what is that thing in the desert? Like do they have like do they have just like pools of water laying in the desert?
1: Well it's for like the cows or horses or something, I'd imagine, right?
2: Yeah, that's just what exists, I yeah. just imagine. Being brought up by the windmill. The yeah, windmill's powering powering the pump for the yeah, probably. That's probably what it is.
0: Yeah. And so you had that scene where you know he asks uh Mike what you would do, and it's like very cliche at this point. You know, we've seen this theme again and again, where like you make a decision and one path versus another path, and so that you know that brings their later conversation into context because Mike is, um, you know, Mike is like, talk, explained to this him this to him before that like you know life takes you down, but well, you know you take a choice and then you make other choices, and then like Jimmy is just like you know he's like oh just just money that's all you know you would want you would want uh, to Jimmy, and you know I think when you take that and you take the wall thing. It really, I mean, they are really, you know, it's it's like this is all he, you know, that's all he is. He's just a guy who wants money. He's slipping Jimmy according uh, according to Walt. Um, and then, you know, at the you know the the payoff here is he's redeemed and he becomes something else. Or it's no, my theory. He's still it's still him. It's still him. I just I, I, it's 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 there. It's there. He wants to he, her. So I need. I, I, I. I'm. I'm. upset with you, Chris, for, for telling me the cigarette lit up. Now I'm trying to. I'm trying to fit. I'm trying to fit that into my theory, and it's actually. It's actually difficult. I, I think. I think. Mark. In, in your lit, theory,
2: that's the beginning of the revenge plot paying off.
0: <laughs> yes. I now love she's
2: it. really. In, now she's really in pain.
0: Now he tortures her. She comes visits him. Like he keeps sabotaging the appeals. She's got great ideas. Like for
2: the next 86 years, he's just like <laughs> ha ha.
0: Yes, exactly. You should He's-
2: never have left me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, and so he his reaction. Yeah, his re- cuz his re- I mean his reaction when they tell him about Kim, it's not like tenderness it's not like reflection it's not like i need to you know win her back it's like it's like revenge i mean it doesn't go it wasn't as obvious of the revenge as we we thought it would be but it was it was still i think a former bridge i think his his sort of demeanor and his like you know his uh, sort of just inherent reaction uh to these to, to the news about kim is consistent with he just he just wanted to hurt her he wanted to find a way to do that
2: we need a much blacker genre of entertainment um, for you, which I would again, I would happily watch. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't dark we enough need, for you. We need we need some real bleak, dark. Yeah,
0: is it that crazy? We need we
2: need we need we need Joker the television series. That's what we need. <laughs> why
0: we need we need we
2: need, we need Joaquin, Joaquin Phoenix every week, just like uh. rubbing our faces in it
0: joker no no joker is is okay but it's it's this is this is subtle and this is subtle and dark i mean that's what i love joker is like oh it's in your face oh no all this bad stuff happens it's so it's so bad but this is like
1: taxi driver of
2: the series we need taxi driver of the series
1: further adventures
2: of travis bickle
1: you can try hannibal richard you you, you might like Mm. uh, the, the, the darkness of hannibal better
0: Hannibal cannibalism. I don't know. I have a disgust. I have a disgust, <laughs> disgust reflex. It's, gotta be, it's got to be.
2: there's
1: an ubermensch Who wins there for you in Hannibal? Well,
0: you there just spoiled it. why am I going to watch it now? You just spoiled it for me, Chris. Well,
1: because we no, know it's
2: a, it's a prequel. Th-
1: th- 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 that's the premise of the entire Silence of the it Land universe. Hannibal is the god there. He's the highest power, and he always wins. Yeah, yeah mm. that's right. And it's okay.
2: a prequel, prequel series.
0: Okay, but what? What? what just I mean, just explain to me what's what's crazy about my idea. Is it crazy? That he'd want to hurt Kim. Is it crazy <laughs> that this is a good way to do it? What's what's the what's the flaw in the reasoning?
1: Well, let me let me ask you, Richard. On your theory of what the show was trying to do, he's trying to hurt Kim. Why does Kim go visit him and and smoke with him, share the cigarette? Oh, because she still
0: loves him. She's hurt, and you know she still loves him. Obviously, so it's you know he he wants he wants to hurt her.
1: Yeah,
0: maybe maybe you're right. So, so you're right. When he, when he tries to hurt her, see, he tries to hurt her in the dumb way um, with uh, when he saw when she comes to sign the divorce papers. Um, and I, I'm thinking, like, this is how he hurts her. Kim doesn't have to know that this is sort of the plot. So I, I guess it's, uh, I'm adding complexity here. So Kim is uh, – so he is basically – he knows Kim. He knows she has compassion for him. Um, he has to give a plausible story. He can't just say, you know, screw off. I – I hate you or I don't want to talk to you. It has to be like, I'm so pathetic now. Like my life sucks so bad. I'm in this hole for the rest of my life in, in Colorado. Colorado is closer to New Mexico than um, North Carolina is. Um, and I'm going to make you watch this. And she cannot leave him alone because he's got, he's got nobody um, who's going to come, he's going to come in there and, you know, visit him. Um, and so, you know, it, she it, it's not, necessarily inconsistent with it. It's like, I'm going to hurt you and I'm like going to be one state over and you're going to come visit me because you're going to feel so bad for me and I'm so
1: pathetic. If that's what you need. you know, uh, <laughs> the, the author is dead. I, I believe that. There's, there's a theory. A lot of people who would say the author is dead. We, we can say that here if you would like.
0: Mm, okay. Okay. Alright. I, I, I think that well you Chris, you read, you read like Reddit and stuff on, on this stuff. has any am I the only one who's come up with this?
1: You're pretty much on an island here with, with your your particular interpretation of what's going on uh, between Jimmy and Ken.
0: Okay, just just me and Vince. Me and Vince uh, yeah. together. Yeah. Not even Peter Gould knows what happened. <laughs> it's just, it's just not even Rhea Seahorn. Just me and me and me and Vince have the true, <laughs> the true interpretation. I'm gonna, have, I'm gonna start a breakaway, a uh, Better Call Saul breakaway, breakaway cult. I, I, I I'm telling you.
1: Oh, and b- <laughs> by the way, b- before we we move on uh, from the point a bit, you were talking about the flashback uh, to, to Mike, uh, and you know Jimmy brings up. Saul brings up whoever he is at that point, brings up the, the time machine thing. And then again, he asks Walt the same question. And it's kind of striking that uh, that you know Mike gives a deep answer and then Saul gives his shallow answer. And then he kind of gives an even more shallow answer uh, when he's talking to Walt. But I thought that there was more depth to that then it seems what was
0: what first, the what was Walt answer on the time machine? What was that? Uh, uh, well, well, well,
1: what he tells Walt is when Jimmy is like, Oh, I would go back and I'd, and whoa, I'd to do, that do that slip thing. and fall stunt I did. So my knee wouldn't be hurt. You know, hmm. first to Mike, he says, I'd go back and use the time machine to get rich to Walt. He says, I use the time machine to, to fix my bum knee. And you yeah. know, it, it's kind of funny and shallow, but then when we see the scene with Chuck and we see that Chuck was reading this book, the time machine, I think we're supposed to realize that, you know, the real answer for Jimmy is that he would go back and he would not cause Chuck to die. And and that's why he's mm. thinking of the time machine in, in what seemed like his final moments, possibly when he's talking to Mike or when he's with Walt. He's thinking about his regrets. That's why he brings up the, the time machine. But then he just can't bring himself to actually open up and reveal that his real regret and the reason he's thinking about it is because he regrets what he did to Chuck.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The, yeah, uh, maybe. Yeah. Why is the time machine on on his mind? Yeah, that's, that's, that's a good question. So I my interpretation was he gives all these dumb and shallow answers because he has dumb and shallow or he, he's not shallow. He's definitely not shallow. He, he has some depth to him, but he doesn't have self-awareness. Jimmy does not. I mean, I think that's, that's right. It's like he has depth and he has complexity, uh, but he doesn't really know why he does the things, um, that he, that he does. Um, and so maybe, yeah, maybe this is, this is consistent. with well. It's a strange, it's like his go-to question, right? When he has time to spend with someone, he thinks, you know, what is the, what, you know, what's the, uh, where would you go back in history? I mean, it's so the, the, well, the way, I don't know the way he framed the question to, uh, uh, the way he framed the question to Mike, Mike took it in that direction though. He framed, framed it like, oh, do you like ancient Rome or do you like this or that? So, so he is something like, yeah, it looked like it was different. Did it didn't look like? Yeah, it didn't look like he was asking about how would you change your life, but I don't know. Maybe he maybe he knew he knew Mike would go in that direction. I, I don't know. It's difficult.
1: Um, well, it seemed to me like that was just his way of kind of easing Mike into the question, uh, <laughs> you know, uh-huh. because they, they weren't especially close. You know, uh-huh. and it was a kind of personal question, so he he introduced it and then he put this kind of fun spin on it at first, like, "Oh, you're." you like history, probably civil war, yeah. Ancient Rome. I kind of laughed yeah. because I was like, man, yeah. yeah. those are the two. Yeah. Why, why does
0: Mike, really why does Mike looks like a history buff, by the way, was there, what, what what's the, what's the tell is it just because he's you're an old white guy.
1: Yeah. I, I think it's, it's just some unfortunate stereotyping.
0: <laughs> yeah. Okay. So yeah, I, I, oh, and uh, by the way, is, um, is, uh, is Walter White's uh, scientific understanding of the impossibility of time travel, is, is that correct? Do we have any physicists weighed in? He has very strong opinions on this.
2: Well, I, you know, Newton would have never predicted quantum mechanics uh, or Einsteinian relativity, so who can really be an expert on these things? Yeah, Walter White. <laughs>
1: I, I, I don't know the exact details, but, but, but I, I've read that experts who, who think about this, they, they frequently like say, yeah, you, you can't go back, but you could have a time machine that takes you forward.
0: Is that what they say? Really?
1: Yeah, it but has I, been said. I don't
2: know the physics well enough to. to yeah, do yeah. It. I, 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 I don't I don't think, okay. I mean, look. Here's so. what I know: we we live in a universe where we have quasi quantum entanglement. We we have, you know, we can you can you can fiddle with a quantum something here, and 100 light years away, it changes simultaneously. So, like, until we explain how that works exactly, right? I don't know that we should make any assumptions.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I I like, I like that Walter has an opinion. I don't know if it's true or false. As long as it's not obviously stupid, as long as it's a scientifically defensible take, I like that he has a take and that's all I'm looking for. He doesn't have to be right. He just has to be, it just has to be defensible
2: it is true to the character that he was far more offended by the implication that time travel might be real than by anything
0: <laughs> i you know what i love i love walter i want walter to, i want walter to talk about politics i want him to have political i want to hear him have political and, and social views i just think he, he would be the most right-wing character i think on tv wouldn't he
2: well, you could say this is one of the things that these shows did more than maybe better than almost anybody, any other show I think I've ever seen, which is they took the fact that Walter was a scientist really seriously. Yes. Right. He really was a scientist all the way through. And then they took the fact that Jimmy was a lawyer really seriously. Right. They, they got like way deeper. Like in the very beginning, when the first couple of seasons of the show, I was like, why are they spending all this time with his brother? Who's this like super lawyer in the firm? And the like it, Like it's like they're spending all And it's I like. Lawyer shows are fine, but I was just like, "Wow, there's a lot more lawyer stuff here. It's a lot more lawyer stuff here than I thought. A lot less drug stuff, at least to start." Yeah. And th- they took they they took that. They, and I think you you made this point before, but they 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 took the professions of these people who are super into the details of their work, right? Incredibly seriously. It, that's really rare. Like, there's so many shows that show yeah. an engineer or something, and he'll be in the he'll be you know he'll like do an engineering thing like one time, and then he'll just be like a normal person through the rest of it. And like on this show, it's just like, nope, we're going to fully commit.
1: Yeah. That's a pretty yeah. distinctive thing about uh the breaking bad universe
2: yeah
0: yeah they show they show men being into stuff I mean that's what I'd say it's like it's like Gus with his wine uh you know these um uh yeah Walter with you know Walter with his his meth it just has to be you know the perfect meth and you're right they they take their job seriously although although Jimmy I I don't think he takes a lawyer he takes being a con man seriously I think Chuck and Howard Chuck are the right. real yeah are the real Chuck. lawyers and Ken Chuck too. took the lawyer. And Kim, she's a she's a lower tier than I think Chuck and uh and Howard. I don't think she's as good of a lawyer as as them, but she's good. She's well. I she's mean,
1: I think in the in the show in the world of the show, we're we're meant to believe that Kim is viewed as a top tier lawyer. Everybody thinks she's top tier.
0: They think she's a grinder. They think she works very hard. But I th- I remember that one scene where. It was um, uh, Mesa Verde, and like they were thinking, they were thinking about staying with HHM or going with Kim. And then Chuck just just takes her to the woodshed. I mean, Chuck goes, "Oh, you want someone young, not us rotting old brains. Oh, we do stupid stuff like read the federal regulations for fun on a Friday night. No, no, you want someone young and fresh." And I think it was a way of saying, like, "No, these are the big boys." And she's she's a you know she's a grinder. She works hard. Her thing to sell them is not that I'm the biggest genius. It's that like you're going to be my only client. That's how she sells herself um, to Mesa Verde. And yeah, she's good for a defense lawyer. I don't think defense lawyers are like the biggest, you know, the extracts, the biggest brains in in the legal industry. Um, But I I don't think she's supposed to be as good as, um, as Howard or or Chuck. I think they're in a different level.
1: Well, she she progresses throughout the show, you know, by the end of her time in private practice, she's a partner. She's made partner at Rich's firm. Uh, So, so, you know, when she starts out at the beginning of the show, she, she's, you know, she's the young associate, the up and comer. But I think throughout the entire thing, we're told that the more experienced lawyers always say, oh, she, she's, she's the rising star.
0: Well, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I don't think – I think that the way they show Chuck in particular, I mean, the, 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 you know, the his sort of, his sort of you know, obsession with the law, the way he takes it seriously. I think you know, Kim might have the brains to, to play with them, but you don't see, you don't see nearly um, the passion and the drive for law that you see, that you see, Chuck. I, I just, I, I don't buy it. I, I don't think so.
1: We can agree to disagree there. But, but you know, the one moment that really sticks out to me is, is when they go out of their way to show Kim revealing to to the prosecutor that her, that her client had this misdemeanor or something in another state. And the prosecutor's like, why are you telling me this? I wouldn't have found it out. And Kim's like, it's my job. We're in discovery. You know, we talked about this at the time. And from my point of view, that was an unnecessary moment meant to show you that Kim takes her job and her duties as a lawyer really seriously.
0: Yeah, there's two, I mean, there's two different things. Taking your job seriously or being the, you know, the best, the best lawyer in, in Albuquerque, right? I yeah, I, I think she she definitely takes it seriously, right? Does she is she a nerd about it? Is she an obsessive nerd about it the way Walter is about meth or Jimmy is about scams, or Chuck and Howard are about, you know, the law? Um, I, I don't think I don't think she's I don't think she's a I don't think she's at that level. Everyone says yeah, nice. She's a rising star. She's you know she's a nice looking young woman. Of course they're gonna you know say like you know they're polite and she's good. I don't think she's a bad lawyer. Um, but no, I, I well, anyways, that, that's <laughs> you know debating Kim's legal sort of legal ability is is uh, you know, is, is sort of uh, besides the point. Uh, but yeah, the, the show does this. I, I I think you're you're right. And I think this is one of the things that the small brains um hate about the show. And one of us things, us, all of us big brains, um, that we really enjoy. Again, Walter takes being a scientist. That is so that is so not current year, right? Today being yeah, yes. a sci- what is being a scientist that it's like like you hand wave at a few at a few studies yeah. and then yeah. say the right words about, you know, um, uh, you know, oppression and, and you, I, that's not fair to all scientists, but it's sort of like the it's sort of like oh. the public image of scientists, yeah. a scientist now, right? You're if filling you see,
2: out grant. I mean, you're filling out grant applications, right? For like, I mean, like there's a lot of, right. Like, the, the thing I love is he he gets so offended yeah. by any sort of scientific like <laughs> misconception i have got to
0: go back and watch this. Yes, I do remember this. Really movie.
2: deeply offended, and he did that. He did that repeatedly through the series. Yeah,
0: yeah. And whenever he's dealing with these, um, with these, uh, with these, you know, these knuckleheads, these young, you know, these young drug 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 addicts around Jesse. Yeah, the contempt that he, you know, has <laughs> for them is just it's just hilarious. Like when uh, when one of their what of one of Jesse's friends gets shot and killed, um, he calls. Him, he's like, "Oh, my friend. I forget what his name is." He's like, "Oh yeah, which which one is he?" <laughs> And then, and then uh, Jesse just, you know, hangs uh, – he did not just say that and he hangs up on it. That's one of the few scenes I do remember because I mean, it was, it was
1: Combo? so funny. Combo?
0: It was a fat guy. Yeah, was, was his name Combo? Yeah, I think that's Combo. Come yeah,
1: on, there Jay. was an opening.
0: Okay- an opening scene in one of them, so he flashes the gun on the guy, and then he goes, and then like he would like tell him like their names, and he would always repeat the names. He's like, "This is Splooge." He's like, "Splooge, it's yeah. Crazy Eight, Crazy 8 <laughs> it's just, he just like doesn't see these people as mm-hmm. as human. It's just, it's, it's hilarious. I, yeah, yeah, I fell back in love with Walter White. I forgot what was so, I forgot what was so great about the show, and I, I, I look forward to. I look forward to going back and watching it. How how long ago? Do you guys remember all this stuff from like you watched it at the time? I, I it's completely it's gone for my. It's memory. been a
1: long time since I've seen Breaking Bad. And there are a lot of nuances I forgot. Like you remember, I totally forgot what, what happened with the, the old
2: lab of Frings.
0: Yeah. Yeah. When did you watch it? Mark, you watched it when it was uh you watched it at the time?
2: I, I watched it at the time or uh, towards the end I think we we watched the whole thing but um we caught up with it but uh, I I did speed run through some of the previous seasons just to have a sense of what was going okay, on. Okay, so, so you as, as we got it. into the final stretch of Saul, yeah, you, you, yeah,
0: you refreshed. Yeah, I refreshed Saul recently. Yeah, and I, I have yeah. not seen Breaking Bad in a The
2: war, I mean for me the war between uh uh Walter and uh, and Gus, you know, that that season was was the peak. Of, for me that was the peak. That, of was, the whole great. Thing. that was great. Yeah, yeah. The yeah, full Gus? on the full on war.
0: Gus was, I think, Gus aged poorly for the uh, for Breaking uh, for Saul because he was like, I don't know, he looked young and fit. He was much fatter. Am I remembering this correctly? He was much fatter in Better Call Saul, and he looks fatter and he looks older, and it just yeah. doesn't seem he's like as spry as he seems in, in Breaking Bad. I, I think he, I think it was, uh, I think that's what made it great. He was, he was Gus at a, he was supposed to be an older Gus, but he was actually a young Gus. Maybe, maybe he lost weight later. You know, that's the storyline. He, he got a gained second some weight. weight. <laughs> just... he,
1: he, I think he especially gained some weight toward the end of Better Call Saul.
0: Yeah, it was, it was like notice. I, I remember what was striking about Gus was how real thin he was. And so it's like this wiry guy who's like, I, always on speed, not really, but like, he doesn't use drugs. I'm sure he's very meticulous, but like, he's naturally like a guy on Adderall all the time. So of course he should be like real thin. Um, and so it sort of made sense. I like, I like Mark's. Did you, Chris, did you see Mark's theory that he, you know, he's from Chile? He's, uh, they can't find information about him. He's probably some kind of you know uh, yeah. his dad. You know his dad is a lot of Nazis ended up in in Germany. I guess he would have he would have had to find a black wife uh, there. Um, not a lot of black people in Chile, in Chile but you know maybe maybe it, it somehow worked out. He's he is he's actually when we think about it the he's the biggest mystery of. Remaining from the from the, we know all these other characters inside and out. We know everything about Jimmy. We know everything I think about Walt and uh, Kim. Uh, Kim is also a little bit of a mystery. Her past is a little bit of a mystery. It doesn't seem as interesting as uh, uh, as Gus is. But we really we're left with you know there's there's still a lot of like things I would like to know that we we've never found out.
2: I think uh, I said this before. I think Gus pretty much had to be like military intelligence um, hmm. in the uh, whatever that regime was because um, he he brings a real skill set to this whole thing. Hmm. So he was like I, I, my, my theory. They alluded this a little bit that he was like the, the 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 child of a general or something, and then he. But he he's somehow along the way he picked up. He knew how to run a paramilitary organization.
1: Uh, mm-hmm. I, I can see that. Wait, so so Mark uh, was Richard. Mark, were, were you saying that there's some connection between Gus and the Nazis? Uh, I wasn't really following that.
2: Richard, is, Richard once again. Richard once again. It's instructing an even darker and more interesting show. Um, in which Gus, uh, in which Gus's father was a uh, was a uh, escape. No, I asked. In, uh, I, yeah, that was. I think that was Plus your idea. You know, <laughs> a, child, a childhood friend of Jason Stanley's. For those listening
0: to this, like three days in the future, when like there's now a Twitter controversy over Jason Stanley Nazis, go to go to Twitter. Hopefully, it'll still pop up on the search engine. There's been a big Jason Stanley Nazi. This will be released tomorrow. But for those listening to the future, this might. You know, this his father was one of the
2: Nazis that Jason Stanley used to have dinner with. Back back in the good old days.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what are you drinking there, Mark?
2: Uh, that is some Highland Park.
0: Oh, very, very, very,
2: very, very good scotch. Very good scotch. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <There's> <laughs> so the, I was asking because I mean I was asking I was wondering about Gus because this is how I, we got onto it because he was um, you know German name black guy tr- from Chile. I mean there's got a, there's a story there's a story there. The Nazis make sense military. I guess they they he inherited the military. I don't know why he's I don't know why he's black though. I I don't think there are a lot of <laughs> black, black Nazis. It was the black, there was a book, wasn't there a book, The Black Nazis? Look, they, I, I wouldn't
1: be at all surprised if there were some black Nazis, but yeah, apparently they, there were a few comments. Germans.
0: Yeah, there were a few black people in Germany and like, you know, they didn't have, they didn't have a category for them. So these just sort of left them alone. And there was a book, there's a book actually, if you look at, it, there's a, there's like a black kid or two at like a Hitler rally. And they're just sort of, I guess, big be, Nazis. It <laughs> didn't, didn't, didn't happen. There's a book out, of the Black Samurai. But some black guy ended up in Japan. I mean, that that
1: was true though. There really was a Black Samurai. No, yeah, the,
0: the Black Nazis. Also, black Nazis also. I don't know if they were Nazis. They grew up in the in Nazi Germany and were, part, were uh, you know were just part of the culture. So there's that's a nonfiction. That's also a nonfiction book. It's it's a real thing. So, so Chris, the um, so you say you you've been on the forums. How are what is there? Well, you guys can tell me your own reactions first. I mean, what what is your what is your emotional reaction? I'm, I'm okay. If I buy your Christian redemption story, I guess I'm not a Christian. I'm, I'm am i I'm, you know, utilitarian. You know, I guess sort of. And so it is. It, 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 it's tragic to me that for no greater good he is, um he's uh, sitting in solitary confinement for 23 hours uh, a day for the rest. I can't believe anyone would think this was hopeful. Well, why is it hopeful? Maybe Christians who, you know, if you're a Christian who believes that there's inherent, you know value in suffering until the end of time, like, okay, um, for something you did in the past to make penance, but you know, but
2: to to me, the true Christian view, but the true Christian view wouldn't even, I mean, and he was doing it for, for Kim in, in my theory, in this, in this theory, he's doing it for Kim, but the true Christian view, I think right, would be, he's really doing it for himself and for his relationship with God. So to your argument, like whether or not it actually was something that Kim would have wanted him to do, is kind of beside the point.
0: It's like he's okay. Well, it's not literally he believes in God. All of a sudden, it's like it's like he's just he's being authentic right. somehow too. Yeah,
2: we're whatever. not allowed. I mean, a, a show in which he literally believes in God is on the Hallmark Channel because we're we're not right. We're not allowed to have those shows. Like those yeah. those, those are way out of those you know are who are know out all the, the
0: Christian characters I think are in uh, the Breaking uh, uh, Mad Universe. I think it's the Kettlemans. I think they're supposed to be the Christians, but even them. Even them, you do not get – you don't see them praying or doing Bible. It's like they made Ned Flanders without actually ever referencing God. I I thought that was Mm -hmm. uh – that was yeah. funny. So yeah, so it's it's the it's it, that is a Christian redemption story. It's, well, so but it's,
2: the, theory, the theory is yeah it's the it's the, it's the it's the secular it's our current it's our current ethos right it's secularized Christianity we're not allowed to call it a religion somehow uh. somehow we've stumbled into the same ethical code as Christianity we just don't call it a religion mm. right um, and so uh, you know the the same kind of script just keeps just keeps playing out I mean yeah. I, I said this last time I thought that I thought the show was brilliant I thought the show was brilliant but unfortunately. Like all crime sagas of the last, you know, 70 years, you know, including all the great ones, you know, it, it is ultimately limited by the fact that we are only allowed to see, you know, the sort of Nietzsche and Superman in, in the in the degraded state, right? We're we're only allowed to see the bad guy version of it. We're we we're, ne- we're, we're we're never allowed to see the good guy version of it, right? We're, we're never we're never allowed to see the creator, uh, you know, the true creator version of it. Ah,
1: um, you and so, what's... you know,
2: it, I'll, I'll take I'll take what I can get. It's better than no Superman stories, um, but uh, I still I still I still miss the genre that doesn't exist. Uh, no. of the uh, of the of the of the of the Superman who has towering achievements. So I, I was actually I, I was pretty interested in that uh, question you guys were talking about when when I watched
1: the podcast you did on it, and so I, I actually went back through a list of some of my favorite shows to, to try and find the ones that might come closest to this description of of the regular old successful Ubermensch, uh, whether bad or good. And so here are a few examples. Uh, one ongoing one, Peaky Blinders. Uh, I, I think oh. the protagonist of Peaky Blinders is a pretty successful Ubermensch who's not particularly good, but it doesn't matter. You know, he overcomes uh, society's rules about good and evil. He creates his own rules. Uh, another one, um, let's see, I think House could also be called, uh, you know, Dr. House. I think he could also be considered a kind of an uh, amoral, kind of morally gray Ubermensch who who's very successful and who isn't beaten down by life. Uh, there are a few others, and... For the hopeful, benevolent, successful Ubermensch, I, I give you Doctor Who. Uh, Doctor <laughs> Who, basically, is he-, he transcends all rules in his own universe, and he basically is God. Okay. He just happens so to Mark- be a God who-, who shares some of the rules, same rules, beliefs as the Christian God
0: so Mark you you want more I, you know I thought when we last talked you wanted more Nietzschean stories but it sounds like you want more Christian stories too you want both your your, your complaint on against Hollywood in our current moment is we don't get either one
2: yeah let's say they' the, the let's say what we get is a diluted diluted or degraded or attenuated version yeah exactly of both we get we get we get, get you, the dark side of this we get the dark side of the Superman story and we get it playing out through a degraded version of the, of the Christian ethical code yeah that's yeah. a good way of putting it and you it's think a, it's a, it, 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 she- it's a it's a, it's a, it's a ha- both hallmarks of our of our uh, of our degraded civilization.
0: Mm. So the, 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 what makes the Christian story here degraded is just because it doesn't literally have religion. That's what it has to has yeah, yeah. to literally.
2: He's not yeah. on his knees. Like, he should have been on his knees. I mean, for the full Christian version.
0: Ah, uh, I, I see. Okay. Yeah. He should have,
2: okay. he, he threw, you know, to, to the extent he threw himself on the uh, quote-unquote mercy of the court-ish, whatever, uh, or threw himself to the wolves, to the prosecutors, like he should have thrown himself to the mercy of God, which, you know, again, for the full version of the story. Like, if you're going to do that, do that. Mm -hmm. but of course these days you can't right i mean that would just i mean can you imagine the reaction for today's you know critical community
0: he finds jesus and he just finds jesus yeah (laughs) so his cellmate, yeah (laughs) brings a bible to to jail and he just i mean the only christian
2: the only christians allowed in this kind of fiction aimed at this kind of audience right are you know definitionally they're you know they're invariably hypocrites or or, or idiots of some kind you know you're, Mm -hmm. you're never allowed to see the strong version
0: yeah, yeah, the kettle. And
2: by the way, it's, I'm not representing myself as that either. I make it more of a, of a, a cultural observation. Mm-hmm.
0: What about yeah, Chris? What about your what about your uh, uh, what about your um, what about your emotional reaction? So you're you're a philosopher. If there is if someone is going to suffer for no um, for if someone's going to suffer and it's not going to help anyone else, is that is that something we should want?
1: Yeah, so you know, you view it through. The lens of total utilitarianism, basically—that's that, what you are, Richard. I, I was kind of smiling when you said, "Oh, I'm kind of a utilitarian." Because no, I'm not. not. Oh, oh no, you're most, I you're want the most I utilitarian want. person I know. You just, are I'm a just not utilitarian. Just, uh, that's just, what you are philosophically. <laughs> and you think this. everybody else should be a total utilitarian too? You, you think Kant was some dumbass? <laughs> but uh, you know, so from the perspective of a utilitarian, okay, Can I tell you something?
0: I, I thought the way Walter went out. Um, was really cool. Uh-huh. So uh huh. So I'm not a, I'm not a complete utilitarian. I like honor and I like these other things. I don't like the, you know, I don't like the endless. Uh, but go ahead. Yeah, uh, let me let me, You know, I'll let you finish. I
1: I was like i said at the beginning. I was pretty happy with the ending, and you know there is redemption, and it, it is like Mark was saying. It is kind of an offshoot. Of the Christian notion of redemption, but here Kim is taking the place of God. Uh, Kim, Kim is the one is the higher power that he's trying to be forgiven by. Uh, and in my interpretation of things, which I'm pretty sure is the same as Vince Gilligan's interpretation, uh, Kim, Kim does forgive him. And you know, there's this scene in the courtroom at the moment where Jimmy starts talking about what he did to Chuck. The camera angle shifts in a very interesting way that confused me at the time. The moment Jimmy starts talking about Chuck, it zooms out. It, it zooms out far, and it shows us everything for a long time with this exit sign. The exit Oh, I, 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 I knew what that
0: was. You, yeah, go ahead.
1: Yeah, the exit sign is prominently featured, and it's kind of buzzing. I think, reminiscent of like Chuck's experience, you know, his electromagnetism thing. But it's also framed so that Kim, Kim, is right in the center of the exit sign the whole time. And I was trying to figure out what was going on with that artsy shot. Uh, and I think maybe what it was trying to tell us was that this was all for the benefit of Kim. He was talking about what he did to Chuck so that he would be redeemed in Kim's eyes. This is kind of like his exit strategy. Uh, that's his end game. And the camera was showing us from a distance Kim's Kim's reaction during this whole speech. That's how I'd interpret it. But to the question of whether it's happy, you know, I'm happy because they're happy. <laughs> so that maybe that's a utilitarian take on it. Uh, You you say that, you you know, I'd say... Is Jimmy happy? Is Eddie making? I don't know, is he going to be happy? I think this was the most plausible way that we could have had some rekindling of the the relationship between Jimmy and and Kim. And Jimmy, he has the choice. He has a clear choice, like, hey, I can do seven years, then I'm out, and I can do whatever I want with the rest of my life. But I think he decides that he'll be happier if he's in prison the rest of his life but Kim's still part of his life. Well, so I think terrible. that Jimmy pursues the happiest ending he can imagine, which is finding a way to 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 be with Kim again, at least sometimes. Or, you know, you know, to, phrase, to like him again.
0: You know this uh, one onanitis.
2: Yeah, I, I've heard some people call it love. Yes. Hasn't, Jimmy, Jimmy hasn't been reading up on his game.
0: Jimmy has. Jimmy is, yeah. He's got the worst case of one-itis I've ever seen in, in my life. He's, he's going to, yeah, this is he's going to Supermax personally. And the girls don't like it when you have one-itis. That's part of the thing. But, you know, here it's uh, it's, you know, I'll, I'll, buy, I'll buy Kim can be into him. I mean, Kim's getting, I mean, Kim's getting up there. Come on. She's, I mean, she's you know, I, the it's, I, I don't believe it. I don't, I I don't know. Something is, something's, something's Something's not sitting right. I need the dark. I need the dark. Uh, thank you, Chris, for going and turning your lights on. I was wondering why you were sitting there like a like a vampire. You were hearkening to the next uh, the next show, the the interview with the vampire. Peter Gold's going to be doing. Uh, yeah, I don't know. There's something I want there at least to be a case for my um, for my theory. Um, the I'm going to find it. I'm going if somebody on the internet has found my idea. I'm going to go out there and I'm going to i'm gonna i'm gonna get into this community because i just think there's it's too it's too it's too nice and it's not even it's not even logic it's not you know it's it's not doesn't sit well with me my understanding of sort of you know uh happy ending i don't know it's 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 uh but you're right. That's that that, that. I, I had I had uh, I had like ten point nine nine seasons of like the kind of story that I you know right, and right. that I had point one point season, one seasons right. with you know with right. uh, with the, the Christian redemption. That's that's fine. That's, that's, how
1: uh, dare the color come back. <laughs> yeah, right. that that cigarette and the lighter that you gotta contend with that evidence, man. Gotta come up with
0: Yeah, a I gotta go back and watch it. Once I go back and watch it, maybe I'll have uh yeah, maybe 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 I'll figure out some way to to work it into my theory. Uh, so okay, so yeah, this was uh this was this was fun guys. I think this I think this worked well. Is there anything else? You know, any, any other thoughts before we we say goodbye to uh, the Breaking Bad universe once and for all. Well,
1: I, I actually wanted to talk I wanted to ask Mark a bit about uh, this Ubermensch thing. So, uh, from that podcast, you were saying. Uh, so, Mark, at one point, you said that Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul—they are the way they are. They have to show us a degraded Ubermensch. They can't because they can't. They aren't allowed to show us the successful, creative yeah. Ubermensch. Uh, yeah. Do you think that this is something generally true, and that there just aren't many stories out
2: there with a successful Ubermensch? Like that there aren't. I mean, sense, sounds- Yeah. No, I mean, not since the sixties. Right. So, right. So yeah, not in, not in many decades. Well, so, okay. So here's, here's, here's one way to think about it. So uh, we have all these stories of good versus evil. Who's always the guy with the plan?
1: Usually the bad guy. It's,
2: It's always the bad guy. Right. In every modern narrative, it's always the bad guy with a plan. And so uh, the good guy is actually typically the good guy is kind of a lunkhead. I mean, super, Superman, the actual comic book character, Superman, is kind of the full incarnation of this. Like Superman in the comics, he's kind of a lunkhead. Like he's not that smart. His answer to most things is to just stand there because he assumes that nothing can kill him. Right. And then he's just kind of trying. And then versus Lex Luthor. Right. Who's this like, you know, Machiavellian super genius. Right. Who's got all the plans. Um, and in fact, the 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 Dark Knight, you know, the, the best the best comic book movie of the last you know whatever thirty years, the Dark the Dark Knight. They they as, they, as the kids say, they lampshaded that idea, um, because they had this whole thing where the Joker, right? The Joker's whole thing was to basically prove to the world that plans are useless, right? That was like his whole thing. That you know, basically the world is chaos and people should stop planning. But but the irony of that was the Joker in the Dark Knight actually had this like incredibly elaborate plan right he has all these like incredible schemes right where he like sets everything up and everything everything is all like super complicated so so even when the purpose of the movie in the dark knight was supposed to be an illustration of futility of plans they still had it where the bad guy has all the plans the good guy has Bruce Wayne never has a plan like he just reacts right and so so the, 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 this is basically like this is a lot of what i'm drawing my theory on which is there are no at least that i'm aware of there are no narratives in which somebody is setting out to build something constructive Positive, wonderful, great, amazing, and you know whatever you want. The pyramids, you know, the Ninth Symphony, you know. By the way, the great tech company, right? There, there's no story in which somebody, you know, the, the sort of positive version of the Superman sets out to do that and then succeeds in doing that. Right? That narrative just like just, that narrative is just simply absent. And of course. In you know, kind of pre-Christianity, like that was that was basically the main narrative, if not the only narrative, right? And so th- this has been like a massive civilizational change to lose that narrative. Huh. Mark, did you see Succession? I did see Succession. Yeah, I mean they are, I mean this will not spoil, they they are they're, they're shits like they're 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 absolutely relentless shits. They're, yeah. they're freaking awful. Like there's no there's nobody. Re- I mean they're just absolutely terrible. Yeah. I and mean, even yeah. Cousin Greg is just like a complete shit. Like. The, the great part about getting, we can spoil Succession. Uh, um, oh, spoil succession.
0: Mean, as long as we give a spoiler alert, we're going to spoiler be, skip alert ahead of minute if you haven't seen Succession.
2: Even cousin Greg. So, like, if they wanted to show a character, you know, like, uh, you know, in, in Succession that was capable of, of, you know, of, of coming to coming to the coming to the the, the, the you know the, the light side, um, uh, you know, it would have been it would be cousin Greg. Like he set up to do that, and even he's a complete shit. And I and, and they did a really good job of him being a complete shit in the last season where he finally achieves, you know, the girl of his dreams in the season, uh, you know, Comfrey, the PR girl. And like, he immediately is like, okay, now how do I trade up? Right, so, <laughs> right? So, which which they did a very funny job of, but like, even he has to be a complete shit. Um, and so, yeah, they're just not allowed. Like, yeah, again, we're just, we're, we're not allowed. You, you cannot even envision uh the series in which the the succession characters are well, well
0: is it an anti-capitalist thing i mean because yeah. it's the it's the i i don't know I've never seen the west wing but the way people talk about the west wing apparently it's like you know government is doing these great things and madam secretary i, I think there are supposedly um there are positive portrayals of top government officials yeah. right oh um, yeah you
2: get po- oh you get po- positive portrayals of the left all the time yeah what you what you never get is a positive portrayal of a rightist Right. And then the ultimate, the ultimate rightist is, is, is the, is the Nietzschean Superman, right? The, yeah. the power. Yeah. But right? it's, it's not um, the guy who builds the pyramids.
0: Yeah. Yeah. They wouldn't call it left or so. Yeah. They would, I mean, I guess we could, we could call it left versus, it's government or like the activist and the government never builds anything. It's not like, um, it's not like, I, I don't know, maybe they do in the West wing, maybe they all make, you know, clean energy or, or something. I don't know. I've never seen the West wing. I, I just know it's supposed to be a very idealistic sort of, you know, uh, presentation about how, uh, politicians behave, or how the president is. Um, you're, it's, you're it's the right. show
2: where if you believe every single thing that, like you know, Neera Tannen says, like, and take it at total face value, that's yeah. the show for you.
0: Well, uh, we talked about. Um, uh, did we? Did we talk about the? So We've talked about Silicon Valley, right? We said this is an exception, yeah. um, and it's it's funny exception because Mark Mike Judge is actually conservative. Um, I saw him; he got interviewed. He did an interview with Alex Jones once, and so you you have this. Um, Uh, you have, you have this, uh, uh, yeah, you're right. It is a political, uh, the politics and the art, they sort of go together. It's like, if you, if you would portray that, you're not, you're not like a mainstream, you're not a far leftist. You're not even a mainstream Democrat, right? There is sort of a worldview here that is very intertwined with what kind of art you create and you enjoy
2: I mean look the obvious one I mean the obvious one is Atlas Shrugged like where mm-hmm. is the 8 season 80 episode HBO series for Atlas Shrugged like it's like this like incredible narrative with like, it would just be an incredible, vivid portrayal. And like, it's got all kinds of themes that are relevant to the current time. And it's just, it's impossible.
0: There like, was a movie, there was movie, wasn't there?
2: There was a movie. So there was a movie, but it was made by, right, it was made, it was a classic story. It was made by these right-wing filmmakers with these right-wing, you know, with these sort of Kirk Cameron kind of, you know, kind of tier actors on like, you know, 30, 37 cents, you know, an hour of production value. Like they, they just can't, right? And it was, a, you know, it was the, I haven't, actually haven't seen it. The critical, the, the critical consensus was that it was a joke.
0: Because of it, course the it, critical cons- was it supposed to have Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie. Did it have them?
2: Oh, I don't oh know. no 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 no
0: no. They, was that supposed to happen? I remember there was supposed to be one.
2: <laughs> that I want to see, but that does not exist.
0: Uh-huh.
2: Yet another in the uh, in the Richard hanania uh, cinematic universe. That <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <is on>. Exactly. <laughs> well, yeah, my
0: cinematic universe is much cooler. That one, than,
2: that yeah, one wins. I, that one wins all the Oscars. But <laughs> you know, look, take your pick. You know, if you if you're not if it's if it's not Randy, you take your pick of any other narrative like that. Like it just. Yeah, maybe Silicon Valley a little bit. You know, yeah. so when you talked
1: about this in, in your last podcast, your other podcast, Mark, you brought up the, the examples of Alexander the Great and Napoleon, and you were like, you know, these are real-life ubermenches who successfully <laughs> built empires. You know, why don't we have shows about them? But what I thought was, like, if imagine that we did have shows about them, uh, but imagine they were fictional characters, uh, and then the show about... Alexander would show him dying at thirty-two, I think it was, and then his empire crumbling almost immediately after he dies. The show about sure. Napoleon w- would show him would show him being captured and sent to Elba, coming back, and then on Napoleon's comeback, he doesn't last a hundred days before the Duke of Wellington defeats him at Waterloo. So y- we would show it realistically, and you might still call it a story of the degraded Ubermensch because yeah, reality can. itself degraded their empires.
2: It's yeah. not the Superman's fault that the world lets him down. <laughs> <laughs> so so that, that's my point, you know, like, even
1: in your own examples of the, of the Uber mentions, if we had those Beethoven. shows, and if we followed Be- history and reality, they would fail.
2: You know, Beethoven died, you know, Beethoven died deathly miserable, right? I mean, like, yeah, I mean, but, you know, yeah, I mean, true life is what it is. The fact is, they were Nietzsche and Superman. The fact is, they did accomplish great things. The fact is, we still talk about them today. You could, yeah, I but, mean,
0: you could, I mean, not everything fails, right? You could imagine...
2: The pyramids are still standing. We still play, play Beethoven's Ninth nice Symphony.
0: What about the American? What if there was a thing on the American founders? I mean, is that almost too cliche? Where to is that? Do? That's
2: a really good. I've actually talked to people in Hollywood about that. I was like, look, you guys have this. You guys, it's the, the the story of the founders. This is this is something I've thought about. The story of the American founders, it's always this like, it's always old guys in wigs and like the whole thing. You know, it's like the whole thing and the oil paintings, it's all like that. If you look up the age of the founding fathers in 1776, they were, like, rock star or superhero. They were, like, in their 20s. The senior ones were, like, in their 30s. Like, Thomas Jefferson was, like, whatever, 32 or 34. Alexander Hamilton was 25. Like, these were, like, these were were aggressive, ambitious, you know, hard-driving, right, like, really capable young people, you know, for the most part. Like, Ben Franklin was, like, the elder statesman, but, like, Mm -hmm. the rest of them were, like, really, really young. And, and I mean, and look, they fought a war I mean, you know they fought a fallen rebellion like there's a much much more vivid story of the American founding right than has ever been put to screen or on or, or even or even as far as I know, even in the form of literary fiction um and again, it's just like we can't I mean <laughs> I put it this way like if we couldn't tell that story thirty years ago, we certainly can't tell that story today
0: mm-hmm. is uh it, does uh andreessen Horowitz ever invest in uh, movie studios
2: <laughs> Unfortunately not. Um, and, and, actually, so actually this is kind of an interesting thing. So the economics of the entertainment business have actually gotten worse than the last 10 years, uh, because of streaming. Um, mm-hmm. and so the, the unkept upside that used to be present in both TV and in movies, where if you had a hit, like it could really run and you could really make a lot of money on it. Like that's actually pretty much gone now. Uh-huh. Um, and so all these shows now from here on out are basically being made on a cost plus uh, basis. Um, and so, you know, they're, they're going to make a lot of content in the next 10 years. They're not going to shoot for the fences the same way they used to.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, like HBO might, right. There might be a handful each, each, uh, each year.
2: Yeah. There's a prestige Mm -hmm. thing every now and then, you know, they'll, they'll do great. I mean, look, there'll be great stuff. It's just, you can't, you know, you can't hit it out of the park financially. You can't hit it out of the park the way you used to be able to. Yeah. And so the the incentive to switch. Yeah. 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 Well, I've
0: heard that's why the franchise, that's why people stick with the franchises, right? Because you're just going to get the same people watching the same shows and you don't have to take any big risks. You know, there's some floor uh, to what you're going to, what you're going to earn. Do we need, do we need government? Do we need a Bureau of Culture then to fund the art that would otherwise get made?
2: I think maybe we need the opposite. I mean, I you know, uh, maybe I should be doing this, but, you know, we need like renegades, right? We need like, well, here would be a thing to do. Okay, so here's the thing. If you go back and read, so Hollywood has reinvented itself multiple times, and it, when, every time it does it, it's like this generation of renegades that basically figures out a new formula, and so maybe it's time for that. They would have to be able to do it on a small budget, but on the other hand, it is getting cheaper to do VFX. But, like, like, if you read the story, I think it's called the story, I think the book is called, I think it's called Pictures of the Revolution or something like that. There's a story of sort of the new Hollywood of the 1970s with, like, um, you know, all these movies like um, Easy Rider and kind of all, all the movies, uh, Bush Cassidy and all these movies that kind of reinvented Hollywood in the 70s. And a lot of them were made on a shoestring. And then it happened again in the early 90s with, like, Reservoir Dogs and kind of the indie movies at the time. And so you can imagine a movement like that. Um, you, except basically with except basically with the opposite ideological tilt right you you this time you you'd, you'd want to do it from the right because the 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 the, the status quo was so far on the left and so you you would want stories of basically like high degrees of like aggressive you know ambition achievement like a, a, you know a hardcore view of the world like it's possible um there's a guy Craig Zoller who does movies kind of like this if you've seen um bone Tomahawk is it bone Tomahawk and uh dragged across concrete and brawl and cell block 99 um he does these kind of hardcore masculine right-wing movies they're, they're, they're worth taking a look at if you haven't seen them so there there's like a glimmer out there that somebody could do this but it's not really happening yet
0: yeah did you see oh, the north room, by the
2: way oh, what so i haven't seen it yet i've heard great things and it might be more of what we're talking about from what mm. i've heard
0: yeah i won't uh give it away we yeah we did a podcast on it with uh with rob i think it's um it's 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 interesting. I I'll be interested to hear your your take once you once you do watch it.
1: Yeah. Well, you Chris, know Rises? the medium the medium is still young. Uh, you know we we only got the kind of prestige dramas. You know, I think most people would point to The Sopranos as what really kicked off the era. And yeah, you know one thing I read in an interview with Vince Gilligan, he was saying that kind of what gave him the inspiration for Breaking Bad was that as a writer for many years on the X-Files and some other shows, he knew that one of the rules in the business was that you are not allowed to have your main character change. Their character is supposed to stay fixed. Uh, whether the show is episodic or a serial drama, the character is not allowed to change. And then he said that he set, he got the inspiration for Breaking Bad to defy that convention and show a character starting out, you know, Walt starting out You know the nerd and becoming Scarface, and so one interesting thing about that is that really with Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul, we are kind of seeing the very first shows that defy the the Hollywood convention and show characters gradually changing over time. And so this is only the first effort at showing these new kinds of stories. And so I think there will be there will there will be many other kinds of stories that present their own twists on this. And so the Mm -hmm. the genre has a lot of room to grow.
2: Yeah. Well, and I'll give I'll give you one other uh, a technical observation which is like is the cost of visual effects is dropping really fast, right? And the, the, the tools are about to become much better for VFX because they're going to start to use the dolly style like rendering. And so you you're, you're going to there's going to be a point it's going to take a few years, but there's going to be a point in which a filmmaker is going to be able to type a description of a scene and the computer will render it for you. Right? Mm-hmm. And so like there's the potential for like visual storytelling at a, at, a, at a at a at a much cheaper level. There's a movie that's worth watching um, on this front. It's a movie called um look it up. It's a movie called, I think it's called Monsters of, yeah, it's called Monsters of Man. Monsters of Man. It's a, uh, it's a French guy who's, works in the VFX industry. He shot basically a full on two hour um, sort of predator style, you know, basically killer robots in the jungle, you know, kind of action thriller, um, you know, that's like quite good in terms of like its quality. Um, He did 2000 visual effects shots um, for this movie. And like, it's, it's, you know, for, for what it is, it's quite good for a total budget of $2 million, right? Which, you know, which is like for, you know, which is, and $2 million is a 10th the cost of like a typical indie movie with like no special effects. Right, and so like th- th- this was like a significant advance in, in what's possible, and so maybe, to your point, maybe you have a narrative advance coupled with a technology advance. Um, and then you get a new generation of filmmakers that can really, like, you know, can, bas- can basically let their imaginations run wild because they won't need the, you know, $50 million budgets. And, and I think that that might be what, and, and basically that's what happened. That's what happened in the new Hollywood of the 1970s, which is they made these super cheap movies. It, the, the fact that movies were so cheap to make is what made them, it, is actually unleashed them to do new things narratively. And then the same thing happened in the 90s. And so it, it's probably time for that to happen again. But, but this time with, with, uh, with VFX.
1: Yeah. Uh, I think 10 years from now, uh, the, the predecessor of Dolly too, is it, it, going to be making, making whatever movies we want really.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's going to get really good. Yeah. Chris is a novelist it's by the way. Maybe you can make it, maybe
0: you could put your novel into Dolly and it'll make a movie for you.
2: Oh uh, well, yep. yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> maybe <laughs> my brother and I are working on this, uh, novel about, a, a, a post post apocalyptic America after a second civil war, uh, uh, it's not the kind of thing that it's easy to get uh, published
0: these days. I think. Uh, uh-huh. Well, I, I told what I told you was serialize it on Substack, but but you want a you want you want a real you want a real real publisher.
2: Okay. Yeah. You know, Dick 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 and serialized if it was good yeah, for yeah. him.
0: That's actually that's actually that's a good point. Okay, well, all right. Is this was this was fun? Um, the uh, anything else anything else on Saul Breaking Bad Last Chance or Forever Forever Hold Your peace Right. I'll
2: miss it.
0: Oh, I, I will also miss it. We've done twenty hours. Yeah, there's a hole in my heart now. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna start. I'm gonna go look around at other shows, and may, maybe maybe it'll be filled by by Deadwood. But the odds of finding you know something that is gonna like you're gonna watch sort of com- contemporaneously with everyone else, um, that that's only only a few times in your life that that's gonna happen. And uh, yeah, I'll be looking forward to the next one. So, um, all right, guys, it was a lot of fun, and uh, yeah, maybe we'll, we'll do this
2: again. Good. Good talking to you guys. Okay. See you guys soon.